Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products, using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. Happy Tuesday night to you, and welcome to Got Your Back Live post game edition. 8 4 win and a hell of a third period from the Edmonton Oilers. And what a night from Connor McDavid. Six apples. Career high for number 97. Jason Strudwick, Rob Brown, both joining tonight to break down the game. And as always, our podcast brought to you by our fabulous title sponsor, Sherwood Buick GMC. Got to check out their massive, beautiful showroom just off Baseline Road on the way into Sherwood Park. The number one GMC dealership in all of Canada. Why six years and running? It's easy to see why, right? They got trucks in stock. They got cars in stock. And uh, they can get them in short order if they don't have exactly what you need. Staff is great. The process is streamlined. Mention Got Your Back sent you when you go in. You'll get specialized pricing and three free ultimate detail packages. www.gmcpod is the website to check out all they have to offer. In our long shot studio tonight, but really looking forward to Thursday night when we will be on location for a post-game podcast. Come say hello. Enjoy the game on their big screen. Order from their NHL menu and have a cold one. All game days. Happy hour with uh, $5 long shots lager, and we're going to give away some hats that night as well. All right, we welcome the fellas in. Uh, Jason Strudwick is here. Rob Brown. Uh, we got Brownie on the phone. Hey, Brownie, you there, buddy? I am here. I'm excited. You're, you're, you're here and you're thrilled. You're thrilled. Um, Struds, I, I got to ask you, buddy. How are you feeling after just an absolute beat down on Twitter from Jack Michaels tonight, buddy? He, he dropped the hammer on you pretty good, man. Uh, it wasn't doing that bad. I mean, come on. I've been hit harder by a mosquito. I mean, geez, like, I don't know, Brownie. I thought it was a pretty good shot. I thought it was pretty solid. I, it made me laugh. I didn't realize that Struds had been on so many of those lists. That's kind of cool. I, we talked tonight, Peter Stasny's name's on all these Connor McDavid ones. Well, you're on the Cody Cece one, Struds. That's pretty cool. It's a glancing blow. A, a glancing, glancing blow. blow. <laughs> For those who didn't see it, uh, Jack Michaels uh, at Edmonton Jack tweeting, Cece snaps 126-game drought. No surprise to see Jason Strudwick on another goalless list. 136. He's also top three in Canucks history. I told you, Struddy, I'd get you. But yes, I did take two weeks off and then quit golf briefly. That was, you know what, though? That was an epic line. He should take two weeks off and then quit. That was good, Strud. I, st- I still think you got no. the upper hand. No. But I mean, let's just be honest. Like, I played a really hard area to score. Like, it was the dead puck era. And somehow I managed to find it to get it out. 
man. That's awesome. Uh, so much to get to from tonight's game, guys. What a performance from Connor McDavid. How about that third period in general? Just some really impressive stuff. So let's get right to our breakdown tonight. Brought to you by Mr. Dirk, the iconic men's clothing store. Founded in 1939, just off White Avenue and 102nd Street. All aspects of your wardrobe they can help you out with, right? Shirts, sweaters, shoes, casual clothes, suits, whatever you want. They can do customs as well. They've got in-house tailoring. Visit MrDirk.com. Connor McDavid spoke after the game, Struds, and he had disdain and disgust almost in his voice when he talked about his team's second period, right? He was not happy. They were not happy. And I think the only place to start is that third period and McDavid with just an incredible performance on the night, but in that third period. Well, they did two things. Uh, they they stopped having ill-advised pinches, and then if if they were pinching, the forwards were backing them up. But then the offensive zone, they started forechecking, and guess who led that? Ninety-seven. He was forechecking like crazy. Uh, so those two things, you know, they're they're not hard to do. They're they're more hardworking, and it's attitude. And when you get it done, and you surround that with uh, skill, brownie, uh, you r- rattle off uh, what was it? Five goals in the third period. Well, I, I think that that second period might have been the worst second period the Oilers have had in three months. And that's and saying something because their it, seconds haven't been great. No. And, and, and you throw in the fact that Connor said he was disgusted with the second period. He may have been, but he would have been ecstatic with the fact that they were tied because they should yeah. have been down 5-3 after two. Like, they were yeah. not in that game. Stuart Skinner kept them in the game. Uh, but in all honesty, the Connor McDavid's brilliance tonight disguised an, an average performance at best by the Oilers. I know the Oilers had the great third period, but did the Oilers have the great third period or did Connor? Uh, it just was not, it wasn't a great night for the Oilers. They got two points and moved up in the standings, but this was on the back of Connor McDavid. When he was on the ice, the Oilers were great. When he wasn't on the ice, uh, it was not uh, a performance that usually wins you hockey games. They won tonight because McDavid was sensational and Stuart Skinner gave him a chance. Degree of difficulty on that spinorama assist, Brownie? <laughs> well, for Connor, that'd be a 6 out of 10. For Struddy, that'd be a 15 out of 10. <laughs> for, <laughs> the thing that's so great about that, that spinorama, there will be players in the, in, in the league that can, can do a spinorama. But the, the the great ones, Connor McDavid, we've seen Denny Savard in my era would do it. The great ones, they do the spinorama, and when they come out of it, they already know what they're going to do with the puck. If if Struddy or I did that out with a great six kid, we would spin. We'd be so shocked that we still were standing and had the puck on our <laughs> stick, we wouldn't be able to make the next play. That's what mm-hmm. sets it apart. The the fact that he made the spinorama, lost his check, and then without looking put a backhand pass right on the stick of Evander Kane. Kane did not have to move his stick. That's what made it so special. <laughs> Let's be honest, though. Honestly, he ran out of options. That's the only thing he could do. I would have made a better pass earlier that would result in the goal as well. <laughs> uh, there was no plug he was going around there. That was, wasn't that Marie's cider he went around there? Like, that was yeah, no plug. Yeah, yeah I don't. No. It was. Cider's going to be a fantastic defenseman in this league. He already is, and he's going to be great for many, many years. But tonight, he sucks what it's like going head-to-head against Connor McDavid all night. And I think he's, it might take him a day or two to recover from it because McDavid made it a mission tonight 
to put that kid in his back pocket and just, you know, slap him around. That was that was as good as McDavid has played. And Cider, unfortunately, had a front row seat to it most of the night. Yeah, that Cider's an interesting player. I think he's actually just a, maybe a little bit more skilled Jacob Truba because he plays really hard. He's got a really good mm-hmm. shot. Yep. A couple times tonight, got that puck off really quick. Um, you know, I don't know if he's going to have the massive offensive numbers that we're seeing from some of these other guys, but uh, probably going to be a, just an absolute stud. Uh, just eats minutes and is really hard to play against for a long time. We'll talk about the tweaks that uh, Chris Knobloch made to his lineup. We'll do that in our takeaways segment. I want to focus on the even strength scoring because that was an area that they had been talking about over the last couple of days, Struds. Um, you know, in their loss to LA and their loss to Vegas, didn't have an even strength goal. Well, they explode for eight even strength goals tonight. And, you know, that was a, it was a focus, right? So I think, I think it can, you know, this can be a breakthrough scenario for them with that even strength scoring because when it goes cold, it can be a little bit hard to get back. And this was a bit of a statement at even strength here. Yeah, and you know what it was? It was, it was throughout the lineup. That's what I liked the best about it. You know, mm-hmm. to start the game, uh, you got Cody CC unleashing uh, the hounds from the blue line. Um, you know, you've got, uh, you know, Nugent Hopkins scoring from distance. But I think after that, most of the goals were all pretty close. You know, they're in the blue paint. Nugent Hopkins goes off his foot. Um, you know, you got Hyman just right around the net, taps it in after a nice play from Leon. Like, all those goals are right around the net. And when you're struggling, get closer to that. There's rebounds there to make it happen. Then the rest of your game seems to open up from that. It's not usually that you score from distance and then all of a sudden the close game opens up. So I like that it was spread out through the lineup, Brownie, and I also like the, the, the locations they scored from. Well, I, I do like the location they score from. I like the fact that they're hanging out in the right spots. But when you say throughout the lineup, it was throughout the lineup when they were with Connor. Because Connor was on for seven of the eight goals. Mm-hmm. So they, they created – Holloway scored. It was off a play that Connor made. Um, CC scored. It was off a play that Connor made. So as much as it was there's guys benefited, all of this was generated by Connor McDavid. So that's why I say that this was a, a great comeback win for the Edmonton Oilers. But Connor was so good in this game, it masked the fact that it was on the back of Connor McDavid. Like, even the goal that uh, Dry Settle threw on net, and who is it that got it back door? That Nuge, uh, when Connor got their Nuge, yeah. That was because McDavid was chasing down the defenseman who threw it away backhanded right to Leon Dreisaitl. So Connor McDavid's fingerprints were all over every goal tonight. They weren't generating things when he wasn't on the ice. And that's a big reason that Chris Knobloch, as you're going to talk about in the next segment, changed the lines. It was Connor McDavid. When he was on the, lo- the ice, they were dominating play. When he wasn't on the ice, the Oilers weren't generating a whole lot. And Chris Knobloch had to go to the blender in the third period to try and find something different. Let's get to the Weiss Johnson soundbox real quick here. Dylan Holloway, who scored an important goal tonight, diving, banging one in, then wiping out his captain, uh, was asked about a six-apple night from Connor McDavid. No, I'd say it's pretty dialed as per usual. Um, I know from the moment the puck drops, the moment the final buzzer rings, he's he's pretty dialed in. And, uh, but it comes from a lot of his preparation. Like he's he's like that every day, every day of practice, every workout, he's dialed in. So uh, I think it was only a matter of time before he popped off like that. The 3-1 goal was interesting. Did you guys notice, uh, so McDavid was at the tail end of a shift, and he was heading to the bench, 
And he actually, like when McDavid goes to the bench, he pops his mouth guard out. So he popped his mouth guard out and was kind of strolling to the bench. And the D-man decided to quick up to him. And he turned and he saw the puck coming. So he popped the mouth guard back into his mouth, took the pass with one hand, got it into the offensive zone. And a few seconds later, Evan Bouchard scored the goal. Brownie, I don't know if you picked that up watching in the building, but he popped his mouth guard back in and took the pass with one hand. There were two really cool things that happened on goal today, and that's the first one. You're right. He was. I saw that. He was going to the net or going to the bench, took out his mouth guard, and Bouchard was the guy that threw the puck up to him. And it's like, oh, geez. And then McDavid, I don't think he had any thoughts of an offensive play. I'll take it in. And all of a sudden, oh, I beat my guy. And then the McDavid yeah. effect, everyone's staring at Connor. Bouchard slides in wide open. So I saw that. The other really cool thing that happened in the game tonight on a goal, on Leon's goal, there was a puck that came up to the point to Cody Cece. He hand-passed it. The puck went down. Leon Dreisaitl was there, saw it, knew that he couldn't touch the puck, turned his body, got positioning to allow Cody Cece to come back, touch the puck with his stick, and move it back to the boards. That play would have been mm. dead had Leon Dreisaitl touched it, but right away he knew that Cody had to touch it, and he waited and positioned his body so that Cody would be the first guy to get to the puck. Just small little plays between with Leon and, and Connor that turned into goals a little bit later on in the shifts. That's some cerebral stuff, Stratty. It's pretty deep. And, of course, you talk about the offensive <laughs> stuff. Let's get to the stuff that actually uh, impacted the game. No, just kidding. But uh, the uh, – I'm just kidding, Brownie. No, the, the, the penalty kill. You know, I think that the penalty kill is something that you have to talk about. I know that Nalblock was asked post-game, but that's five games – or sorry, that's five goals in three games against. And yeah. that's, a, that's a pretty big deal. And when you look at the two goals uh, – Two lost draws right off the hop. And then the orders, I don't think they got it out either time. And well, the one time it was like 10 seconds. You can still hear the ref's whistle uh, echoing uh, for blowing down the penalty. Uh, it was that quick. But you know, it's, it's, you know, you're not going to just go crazy and, and change everything. But I think it's, you know, to use your words, Shogger, it's notable that it's five, ga- five goals in three games against. And it's, it's really kind of, it looks a little bit shell shocked right now. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you. What I would say is that when the game was very much on the line and in the balance, they got a massive kill. And I can't help but wonder if that can be a jumping off point, Brownie, to getting back to finding the success they had. Because, Struds, it's a great point. They were porous. It was letting them down. They were banging in all these even-strength goals and couldn't kill a penalty to save their life. But that one at the end, Brownie, I thought was super clutch. Well, we always talk about uh, power plays. It's not it's not your percentages. When you get the power play, in a big moment, your power play comes through for you. And we've seen that yeah. time and time again. Well, the same thing tonight with the penalty kill. Yeah, The, the first, I mean, Detroit picked them apart uh, on the power, their first two power plays, made it look easy. But the one moment in the game that it actually mattered, the, the Oilers, I mean, Detroit didn't get a sniff. They didn't get it. I don't know if they even got a shot on net on that one. So I do believe that was a big kill, a big moment, and the Oilers came up big. And on that one, they had to do it without one of their best penalty killers. Is that going with the guy in the box? For sure. But that penalty kill was such a strength for them, Struds, through that that winning streak. And they've really turned it around in the right direction here. And for it to have been a weakness the way it has recently was a big change. So I don't know. You know, without Matthias Janmark in, they take a bit of a hit on the kill. 
Um, and they let in a couple tonight. What do you see in Struds? Like Patrick Kane's a good player, man. He's going to seam you now and then, but they were getting seamed tonight. Yeah, they were. And it was multiple times. It was zipping back and forth through that, that, um, whatever you want to call it, diamond or one, two, two. Yep. So I, I, this is what I think. I, I think you guys make a really good point. Uh, both of you about the, about the, the timing of their, their last kill. I think that Mark Stewart and company go back and let's look at the goals against, let's see what we can do better. This isn't to, to beat anybody up, but let's just look at the mm-hmm. five. What can we do different? There's gotta be some commonalities here. Some, some things we've seen, obviously when you're zipping pucks through the, the box or the, the diamond or whatever, your stick probably is in the right place. Maybe a little bit too spread out. And I thought when they're doing a good job, they were staying pretty tight and allowing the puck to be passed around and not through Brownie. Well, I think one of the things too, that you, the, the Oilers tried getting the puck out. Insider made an unbelievable job blocking the puck with his chest. Ryan, Derek Ryan sees, you know what? I might be able to poke this pie on for a breakaway. When he goes out, Sider makes a fantastic pass backhand across to the far side to keep the puck in. And now the Oilers are a little bit uh, disjointed. They're a little stretched out. That allows pucks to go back and forth between. Uh, so Sider makes a nice play. Ryan gambles a little bit, and all of a sudden the Oilers are chasing. But uh, I agree. It, there were times when they, during this long stretch where they were so good on the kill that maybe one or two should have gone in, but they got the save or the post. And then here tonight, Buck found the back of the net. And these things happen, but it, it's something they don't want to let creep into their game. They were, their penalty killing has been winning them hockey games. They don't want to lose the mojo they have on their kill. So Connor McDavid totally stole the thunder from Cody Cece tonight, right? Cody Cece finally <laughs> scores a goal at long last, and we haven't even said his name yet. I think we've said it once on the podcast. It's what happens when you play on a team with Connor McDavid. That'll happen. Let's get to the Weiss Johnson soundbox, though, and hear from Cody Cece. A reminder to check out Weiss Johnson's scratch and dent sale. Up to 20% off units with minor imperfections and all in-stock air conditioners are also 25% off. Sale ends this Thursday, the 15th. Visit www.weiss-johnson.com for details. Cody Cece, postgame. I wasn't sure. I mean, there was a couple guys in front, so uh, I went went and asked him. He's like, I didn't feel it. So, yeah, I think it ended up being mine. But... uh, yeah, I think everyone's been uh, been great um, with me ar- around uh, that situation. I mean, it took a while to score it, so no one really made made fun of me or anything. They were just always there to pick me up, and I think they're happy to see one going. Okay, so we have the benefit of two perspectives on this podcast, very different mm-hmm. perspectives here. So, Brownie, I'll ask you first: How exciting is it for a group? when Jason Strudwick at long last finally scores a goal and everybody, you know, has been waiting for it. Everybody's been hoping for it. And Strud's a beloved person in the room finally gets one to go. That had to lift up the group when CC scored. Well, if it was Strud, I mean, you'd have to get over the shock first that he scored a goal. So once you got over the shock, you'd have excitement, you'd have excitement for him. No, you would, you'd be pumped. Honestly, you would seriously be pumped that he did. I mean, and I know that Connor talked about it in, in his presser afterwards, saying, no, we know that Cody Cece's not here to score. He's been here. He's been solid on the defensive pairing. He and Nursey have been going against the other team's top players. He does all the little things right. We, we get what we get from Cece, and we're excited about it. But 
it is good for him to score that goal. And yes, it's when a, a fighter scores a goal, when a fourth liner gets a goal, but when a defensive defenseman who does all the, the little things without the credit scores a goal, you are excited. So that, that dressing room would have been pretty pumped for Cody Cece tonight. Okay, Struds, take us to the other side of that whole thing. Uh, and again, like, CeCe's an honest player. He's not there yeah. to score girl, goals, and frankly, neither were you. But when you get one to go a after a little while like that, that's got to feel pretty awesome. Well, it's usually a surprise. Like, we're being completely honest. You're kind of surprised that went in. And I think that for CeCe, like that one, I let, let's be honest. It's not like it's a backdoor tap-in. Uh, it was from distance, and it went through, I think, off of Red Wing and then through Nuge's legs and into the net. So you're not sure. Um, so it's, it's like you're happy, right? But you don't, you don't usually see it go in and you're happy. And then you just feel the energy around the room, and I think it's really positive. Then it resets your counter to zero days without an accident, which is nicest. I'll, I'll say this. I remember I was playing the minors. My second year in the minors, I hadn't scored, and I shot a puck from the point. Same thing. It, it, who knows how it went on? And everyone said it was mine, except for one guy, a Russian player on our team said it hit him. And our guys <laughs> lost it, lost it on him. This guy, I don't even remember who he was. And I think he scored a few goals, but who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter. But he claimed he, he was dead set that it hit him. And the guys were just losing it in the room. I, I didn't really care. I was like, whatever, I'll just slash him when he's on another team next year. What do they call that? Chiseling? Is that a chiseler, Stratty? Yeah. Is that the, the uh, word yeah. for that? I don't know. It's just bad karma. Just bad karma. It's 100%. Brutal. It's probably uh, fat now. Let's get to our UK. Did you say he's probably fat now? <laughs> oh, that's karma. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's eating his guilt. <laughs> you know what, Strud? You know what, Strud? I bet that Russian goal scorer, I bet you he lets his kids wear their shoes at the dentist office, too. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, in on the Weiss Johnson uh, YouTube stream, Double A just firing out a real nice compliment saying, wow, looking absolutely gorgeous, gentlemen. Uh, thanks, Double A. That's, oh, that's uh, we'll take that. Very thoughtful. Okay. Brownies never looked better. <laughs> uh, okay, let's get to our You Can Youth Services Relentless Player. And reminder that You Can is a local charity that helps vulnerable youth find employment. They've got a comedy night fundraiser coming up. They have six comedy nights coming up in March. They're so much fun. They're inspiring. They're a blast. Highly recommend it. They've still got some tables and some individual tickets available. So go to youcan.ca for more information and to grab your tickets. Tell them Got Your Back sent you. You will score 20% off as well. And all the proceeds go directly towards helping our youth right here in our community. Strud's relentless player of the night. Well, this is probably the easiest one of the year. Uh, we're going to mm -hmm. go with the guy who hammered home six assists tonight, and he was on it. You know, he was forechecking hard. He was – even Chris Knobloch singled him out, said he's one of the only players who skated for a full 16 minutes. So, Connor, I think this is his first time, which is probably a little bit uh, <laughs> shady. Remiss <laughs> on our part. Well, yeah, we try yeah, not I, to be I, too <laughs> obvious with it, right? Yeah, well, and I, but I don't know that there's been this clear night for him, and that's – yeah. Kind of weird, actually, uh, and a little bit disrespectful, I think, in some ways. Brownie, when you can say that about the most skilled player on the planet, that he is relentless in that way, when the most skilled player on the planet is the hardest working player on a given night, you're going to have special stuff happen. You are, and uh, not all superstars have the same work ethic as 
Connor McDavid, it, it it's scary his work ethic. And I know that every time they interview a teammate, they they not just talk about his greatness on the ice or what he did in the game. They talk about his preparation. They talk about his practice habits. They talk about what he's like in the gym. Uh, you he he went, he has all this God given skill, and then he adds to it with the competitive nature and his uh, willingness to put in the work. So. Uh, when you have all those things going at the same time, and he did tonight, uh, his he is the most relentless player in the National Hockey League. There's nobody that has that digs after a puck or chases down a puck. He, I don't know if I've ever seen him quit on a shift. And that's what's tough for the players that he's playing, against, especially the opposite, opposition defensemen. They think, okay, I've got a breather now, and all of a sudden, like Cider tonight, here comes McDavid and steals it. So there's there's a lot of reasons he's the greatest in the world. It is work ethic has got to be near the top of the list. A reminder of the Rob Brown's appearances brought to you by our friends at Kin Prints, helping you push your business brand to the next level. Visit kinprint.ca. Brownie, you finally got your hat, and now you're not on camera to show it to us. I'm wearing it, though. I do look good. I'm looking at myself in the rearview mirror. I look really good in my new hat. Got it on backwards. Got GYB on the front. Uh-huh. It looks sharp. Fantastic. And a reminder that a little bit later on in the podcast, we will, we will be doing another hat giveaway, courtesy uh, our friends over at DeBoers and Kinprint. Quick commercial break. Lots more to break down in the game, though. Our takeaway segment is coming up. Say goodbye to unruly hair and hello to a smooth and silky back in minutes with Backscape. Shave your back solo with no mess with Backscape's water-resistant long handle and patented six-blade design, leaving you with a no-mess shaving experience all in less than five minutes. Shop now for 40% off select kits just for you, our Got Your Back listeners, and make 2024 your year to elevate your grooming routine. Time to talk about your mortgage? It doesn't have to be a daunting conversation. With over 16 years in the industry, Maria Gallus with Maximal Mortgages knows how to make it easy. With access to dozens of different lenders, let Maria customize the perfect solution for you. Whether you're purchasing, refinancing or renewing, or a first-time buyer, Maria's simplistic approach and expert advice will have you feeling confident you're in great hands making informed decisions. Take the stress out of your mortgage journey. Contact Maria Gallus at mortgagesbymaria.ca. That's mortgagesbymaria.ca. Time now for our takeaways. Excuse me. Brought to you by Redefined Health, where they specialize in total body and mind wellness. From chiropractic and massage care treatments to acupuncture, soft tissue therapy, nutrition, even an on-site registered psychologist, they are there to help you get and stay well, healthy for a lifetime. Visit Dr. Tyler Fix and his great staff over at redefinedhealth.com is the website. So it was bad in the second period. All kinds of odd man rushes. The Oilers were as, I think Chris Knobloch talked about them being as porous in that second period and giving up more odd man rushes than they had, you know, through most of the month of January. It was bad. And so the players do their part, Struds, to adjust themselves, adjust their thinking. But there were also tweaks that Chris Knobloch made. He started it kind of in the second period and then made some more in the third period. I don't know, is it just me or is he seem to have a pretty good touch for subtle tweaks that seem to elicit some some good results? Uh, I think we talked about the other night that, you know, the the line of Fogel, 
along with um, McLeod and Holloway, it it it's it's there's there's not a lot of hockey plays being made or not enough, I should say. And there's not that that kind of that that guy that can go in there and kind of tie it all together. And Perry did it with 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 him when they when they were with those two guys. The line looked a lot different. So tonight they make the he makes the change to bring Perry back down and then bump up Holloway. And I know somewhere you were patting yourself on the back. I could hear the pats <laughs> talking about it. Right? Just, you know what I said? I said backscape. Stay smooth, gentlemen. When I saw that happen, <laughs> so and so Holloway brings a lot of speed, a lot of jump, and a lot of just energy to the to to Dry Saddle's line. And Dry Saddle's going to have to shape that and work with them uh, for however long they're together. But when you have Corey Perry drop back down that line, it just gives that line a little bit more, just like flavor and the ability to make plays and not just skate around at top speed. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but. There's 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 another part of the game they can explore when they're in the offensive zone, Brownie. Well, yeah, and I think I, I think it had more to do with the third line than to do with the second line. I think that uh, they needed some veteran savvy on their third line. It just it wasn't wasn't doing a lot. Fogel seems a shell of this, himself, is what we saw over the last month and a half, and the Oilers were, you know. They were defending whenever the third and fourth lines came out. They were losing any momentum that the McDavid line had started for them. So, and, and they actually flip flop a little bit more. There was a couple shifts. It was Gagne playing center with Perry and McLeod. McLeod moved to the wing. So Knobloch didn't like what he saw. But I, I agree with you, Shoggy, that Knobloch has a really good pulse, finger on the pulse of this team. He knows when he needs to make a change. He reads which players are, are doing things right that need to be moved up. He sees the guys that, okay, this guy's having an off night. We're going to move him down. And everything that he's done so far has been successful. So as much as you give credit to the Oilers in the third period, and certainly for Connor McDavid, uh, Chris Knobloch making those subtle moves. I mean, Holloway, his first shift moving up, he scored a goal. So good on Knobloch reading the situation and making the move that needed to be done. I will disagree with you, though. Not everything he's done has worked. When he flip-flopped all three D pairings, there <laughs> wasn't much of that that worked. That, Although, again, that, that, that's that, true. Yeah, but that, that just felt so not him. So I can't help but wonder if maybe it was about taking a look at some different pairings in case of potential trades, and maybe he's working with management on that. I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that one is. Uh, Connor McDavid, uh, I asked him post-game about the touch the subtle touches that his coach seems to have. Here's McDavid from the Weiss Johnson Soundbox. He's got a great feel for the game. Um, you know, he's a calm, calm presence on the bench. I think you guys can see that. And um, you know, but tonight he was a little bit. Uh, you know, obviously wasn't loving where the game was going. Um, you know, none of us. Were, so sometimes you need to tweak it a little bit. And I thought uh, his little tweaks worked, and and uh, that's a sign of a good coach. The other part of it that I like tonight, Struds, Warren Fogle. Pivotal point in the game, really bad turnover off the wall, unnecessary, turns into a scoring chance. Didn't bench him for the rest of the game, didn't hammer him, but flip-flopped him off that line. Fogel found himself on the fourth line almost immediately after that. So some accountability, and that resonates across a bench. 
Uh, Connor McDavid talked about it post game. He said, "You guys don't always see it, but he has a way of keeping this group accountable, and it's subtle. And you know, you know, when you're when you're on a, a line, and all of a sudden you're not on that line anymore, unless you're going up, mm-hmm. you're not happy. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you know that it's not like things are going well if you're going down the lineup. And so I think that for Fogel, it's like, hey, man, like this isn't work. This isn't the way we do things on this team. Let's find another way uh, of doing it. So." Yeah, you know, Brownie's point about Fogo is right. He has been pretty quiet lately, and, you know, it's not helping, you know, the team and not helping himself at all. Yeah. Well, what, I mean, what, you, what you like about yeah, go it? Ahead, yeah, what, go ahead. What you like about it, too, is when Fogel was playing well, he was promoted and got to play on Leon's line. And when Fogel has started to struggle, he's moved himself down. So as a player, you appreciate when you're playing well, you get rewarded for it, but you also got to accept accountability when it goes the other way that's all you want as a player that's all you want and we're seeing that with chris knoblock uh struds you wanted to make mention of clean costin uh now a member of the detroit red wings uh looked like he got a little banged up late in that game but he's not having the best year here struds and i will give you credit right we both get a tremendous amount dead wrong on this pod and on this show we do <laughs> both of us we, we own that Every once in a while, though, there's a little gem. And I do recall you talking about Costin, almost wanting to give him some career advice. And if I recall, the advice was, don't chase the money. Stay with an organization that you finally have some traction with. And it's been an interesting year for him. Yeah, it's tough. And I, and I don't say this because I'm gloating. I, 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 I kind of could see it coming down the line. It's very difficult to break into NHL uh, and then just get a foothold when you're not like a, a, a super high driving person where they're, they're like, okay, hey, we need this guy. So mm-hmm. he, he got a little bit of traction and it, it sounded like the money was going to be an issue. So they moved him along with Yamamoto to Detroit. Um, and, and, and then he was, he got his contract he wanted. And I, I said it that before I said it, I'm saying it at the time and saying it again now is that when you move, they don't know you, they don't know where you're, how you're going to fit in. They're not sure what's going to happen. And for quite a bit of this year, he's been out on the outside looking in if you look at his time on ice, it's dropped by you know almost two minutes, a minute and a half to two minutes a night of ice time. He hasn't played all the games. He would have been a healthy scratch tonight if there hadn't been a player who stayed back in Detroit for it. And is he just he doesn't look like the same guy. He's not that same energy. So he now he's in danger. Who knows what happens this summer? Now there's time to turn his game around. Uh, but that's the risk when you're when you're a young player and you find a little bit of a toehold, and then you can get a chance to jump up and take more cash and you go somewhere else or you want more cash it doesn't always happen because what can happen actually you make more money short term but long term you end up going back to whatever league russia or whatever it is because it doesn't work out guys brownie thought on costin you still yeah. there calling yeah. brownie yeah no i i was just having a little nap Strides was talking um, no, just kidding, Strudzy. <laughs> I, but I, but I agree with everything that Strud said on that. It's he, he, he was a fan favorite here. He was a player favorite. He had a role here. Now he wasn't going to get the money he wanted, but he had a role. He'd be in the lineup every day. They, I, do they go and get Corey Perry if they have a cost and already here? Because that's an agitating type of player. Uh, yeah, he went somewhere else and was costing is a fourth-line player that can disturb. I think when he thought he was going to Detroit, that it, not only was it the money, but all of a sudden I'm going to be, I'm going to be top six or top nine. That's not who he is. Yeah. And I think that you see that he's not getting the ice time. He's, that's not the player. 
He could have been here in Edmonton. He could have like there's fan clubs in Edmonton right that loved Clem Cox. I got buddies that got his jersey. And he left, and yeah, it, yeah. it has not been a very good year for Clem Costin. For sure. How concerned are you, Struds, about the fourth line? I am I am concerned about it. Uh, but let's talk post-trade deadline and then see how concerned we are then. You know, mm-hmm. I think that there's there are there, there's gonna there's gotta be moves being made. And I, I like I said, I feel that someone from the second or third line is gonna be pushed down, and that'll you know bolster that spot. And I think they're gonna trade for another. Another player probably would, a center would make sense, and then that line looks completely different than it does now. You know, so um, yeah, it it is it is a concern because um, it just it doesn't seem like anything's just fitting just right just yet. Yeah, Brownie, you know two new players you know on the fourth line when the player when the when the playoffs well, start, and by new players I mean not new to the team necessarily, but guys that aren't on the fourth line right now. See, yeah. I think there's not a concern with the fourth line simply because management knows that their fourth line is not good enough. So they know they have to fix it. I think it, the no. concern would be if this was March 8th or whatever, after the deadline, then you're like, yeah. Ooh, okay. Now we got to go against LA's fourth line. Ooh, we got to go against Vegas's fourth line. Then it would be a concern. But I think that with what we've seen from the, 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 the bottom six at times over the last little while, what we've seen with the line juggling, bringing Gagne back into the lineup, things that the coaches have said about the fact we need more out of them offensively, I think that they know that there needs to be an upgrade. And again, I agree with Strudge where, you know what, maybe they get the, the top six winger and then Perry drops down and then Fogel drops down and then they go get another guy. I do believe a centerman. I, I mean, that everyone wants a centerman, uh, a right-handed fourth-line quality type of guy. But I think that the Edmonton Oilers and their management realize now that the fourth-line players that they have right now might not be strong enough going forward when you have to go through L.A. and Vegas in the playoffs. Or even even the Vancouver Canucks. They get top to bottom. They've got four mm-hmm. solid lines, too. So the Edmonton Oilers know they got to upgrade. Priority is up front. I know there's a lot of talk about the blue line, but thoroughly believe that the priority is in adding some depth to this group up front because the blue line continues to play pretty darn well. And I definitely think they're going to look to tinker with the blue line, but I think the major ads will be up front. Brownie. Thanks so much, buddy. It's been an absolute pleasure. You two have a wonderful evening. All right. Sounds good, pal. That is Rob Brown from his car. Sherry Frazzy struds on the stream going full Sherry Frazzy tonight says, woo, got your back is amazing. Just love you guys with a couple of big hearts. So Sherry's just going to Sherry on the podcast, buddy. Thank you. That's really nice. That's really nice, Sherry. I love it. Yeah. Always just this glowing bastion of positivity. (laughs) While everybody else argues about Ryan. There's an argument happening about Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the stream tonight. I love the Weiss Johnson YouTube stream. Uh, When we come back, lots more to come. Going to give away a hat. We got Strutty's World, and we're going to take a lap next. So stay with us. Very short break. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. 
top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park in Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a Z.ca. The Edmonton Sport and Social Club spring season is set to go in May and registration is just around the corner. Team up with your pals to play in slow pitch, beach volleyball, outdoor soccer, ultimate frisbee and even cornhole leagues to keep the spring months full of excitement. Spring leagues begin in May, registration opens on February 8th. Visit edmontonsportsclub.com for more details. Time now to take a lap brought to you by Backscape. Bid farewell to unwanted back hair solo in just five minutes with the fastest growing male grooming tool on the planet. There's Brownie demonstrating how to use it. With Backscape's water resistant and rechargeable long handle, you can shave independently in any direction. No cuts, no scrapes, no bumps or mess. It's Backscape.com. That's B-A-K-Scape.com and choose from a variety of packages delivered right to your door. It is Backscape. Stay smooth, gentlemen. Strutty, let's take a lap, buddy. Where are we going? Well, it's a huge story. Everyone's been talking about Morgan Riley. Finally find out he's going to be suspended for five games. So the, the, the top defenseman of Toronto and, and one of the league leaders in that point getting is out 25 minutes a night, and who steps up in his spot? The, the schedule they have isn't murderer's row, flyers, ducks, uh, the fifth game is against, uh, well, I think there's St. Louis in there, Arizona. And then the fifth game is against uh, Vegas, which mm-hmm. we know is a good team. We've seen them play recently. So it's not outrageously brutal schedule, but they're still, they're in a dogfight. They're, they're trying, you know, they're, they're, they're a playoff team for sure, but they, they got to try to get out of that. I think that what the wild card spot they probably don't want. Uh, so it's, it, I understand the five games. I, you know, I don't know if that's exactly where it's at. It might've seen a little bit lighter. But it doesn't matter. The league saw his five, and so he's sitting. Pushing the story forward, you know, there was already a lot of pressure on Brad Tree Living to improve this blue line. But where they're at in the standings, do you let a five-game suspension to your best defenseman increase your sense of urgency to pull the trigger? Like, you know he's got deals on the go. He's negotiating right now. I want to give you that. I won't give you this, right? He's probably holding the line on a few trades. The other team wants a little bit of a better pick or a little bit of this, and you're holding the line. Does a five-game suspension at a pivotal point to your best defenseman cause you to maybe let loose and get this done sooner, Struts? Tough because everyone it. knows everyone knows that you're probably de- more desperate now. Yeah. <laughs> so when you when you see that phone ring and it's a B-tray living, you're like, oh, okay, I got him. I got them. Yeah. Um, either, either way, they're going to upgrade the D. Either way, if they're if they're truly going to take a run at this thing. But I guess the flip side of that is, are they that good? Like, are they? Do do are they one of the top teams in these? So, how much are you willing to, you know, unload uh, to try to, you know, are they are they better than some of the teams above them? I, I'm not sure. I think they can are. Can he keep not- any powder dry? Like, can he really just? keep some powder dry for the off season and next year and go, ah, we weren't that good this year. This wasn't the year to go, go, go. Or are they just chips in the middle? I mean, are you just chips in middle? You have to but, be if you're uh, him. 
have to say, I, I, we've seen this game in Edmonton before. Remember when they had uh, they traded for Green and Anthony Steele and all that? Yeah. And I, I, why? Why? What, what's the what's the rush? So you look at this group. Are they better than Florida, Boston, the Rangers, or Hurricanes? Are they? I, I, so at best, they're probably the fifth best team in the East. Uh, you know, I didn't give Philly much love there or or Tampa, uh, but you know, are they the fifth best team in the league in, in the East. In the East, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a fair tough. conversation, man. It's a fair and probably, conversation, and probably if they make make it, uh, well, no, so so if they do make into the third spot, they'll have to beat Florida, then beat Boston, and then beat either Hurricanes or the Rangers. <laughs> I mm. mean, so you're going to throw a first rounder and a, some other draft picks to to win a round or two or three? I yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe I they're, they're talented up front. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I'm sold. Next up, let's look at another team in the division that got absolutely shellacked so much for a new coach bounce. Well, I always love looking at the scores every night, and uh, the Kings got blasted 7-0 in uh, in Buffalo, by Buffalo. And what's crazy, I believe there was only one power play goal uh, for Buffalo, and mm -hmm. Anze Kopitar wearing minus 6. Minus 6. I, I was minus 5 one time. And I I was almost at the end of my rope. I was I was not not a happy guy. Minus six. Could you imagine you're wearing that? No, I didn't check if he was on the ice for the penalty the, the power play. I don't I didn't even want to check because I think that would just like I couldn't imagine being on for seven goals against, but this poor bastard. Mine, you're the captain, your team gets spanked, and you're minus six. Like, what did they do in Buffalo the night before? Philip Deneau, Alex Turcott, and Pierre Luc Dubois all even. Mm -hmm. in a seven nothing loss so well, you know well, that makes sense because you know you have seven you're, you're on your centerman is on for six goals yeah like he, he you're not taking those his spot right it's not i just can't believe it so anyways they it was it was that's a great outcome for the orders obviously mm -hmm. um push them a little bit further that kind of makes up for what happened the other night uh, and then they uh they all carry on but that is a long flight out Min minus five i remember it happened in new york i thought i was gonna die and then minus six, I might have died. I just so, and it was seven goals on. I think it was like twenty some shots. Seven goals they scored on twenty four shots. Eesh. I didn't have a chance to see the highlights yet because I was working the game tonight. But I wonder if there were some uggos in there as well. Yeah, the LA Kings, man. I tell you, they're uh, yeah, they're two five and three in their last ten. They continue to tumble. Like Arizona is kind of hanging around a little bit here. Like they're five points back. They're you know four points back of Nashville. Sure. Arizona's making it kind of interesting. Seattle's still hanging in there. Calgary, like the LA Kings have gone from world beaters earlier this year to like in jeopardy to hang on to their playoff spot here. Yeah, that'd be crazy. I mean, I I think they're a good team. I, I think they're a good team. I, I their goaltending, you know, maybe the $1.7 million of spending on goaltending isn't enough after all. <laughs> maybe that isn't <laughs> the way to thought. go. <laughs> oh, what a thought. All right, that was taking a lap, brought to you by Backscape. Zuby, I forget our lineup here. We got Strutty's World coming up. We've got a real quick commercial break before Strutty's World. Yeah, break, break, and then Strutty's World. All right, there you got it. Break, and then Strutty's World. Stick around. Winter is upon us, so why not make the best of it? Marmot Basin Ski Resort is where it's at. Ski half price every day, no blackout periods. Pick up your escape card for 99 bucks and make winter fun more affordable. 
half the price, all the powder. Get yours at www.skimarmot.com. If you own or operate a business, you know the value of a great employee. Just ask Shogger. Pathfind is here to help you find your next star player to help take your business to the next level. Pathfind can help with recruitment, career transition, leadership coaching. They truly have your whole team covered. Building you a championship caliber roster, find your team's path forward at pathfind.ca. When you make a mistake, heads should roll. It's not right. And I'm here, someone has to put their foot down. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. Guy look good. Let's get to Strutty's World, shall we? Brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products, locations in Calgary and Edmonton. If you're a contracting business or a contractor yourself, let DLR help you add vinyl fence to your product line. See why they've been going strong since 2005. Reliable, unmatched service, high-quality North American-made products. Visit dlrvinylproducts.ca. That's my brother's company, Rick and Rob. And I got a backyard full of uh, vinyl products. Well worth it. No sanding, staining, painting, none of that crap. It goes in and it stays fantastic. Struts, what are we talking about tonight, buddy? Uh, so I had a buddy text me saying, oh, why is everybody talking about the tough second period? What, what sequences are you talking about? Well, I've got a sequence for you. Talk about two two-on-ones within about 12 seconds in the second period. Mm. It was about 50 minutes left to go or five minutes gone in the second period. And uh, Cody Cece pinched up on the older, on the on the blue line. Uh, and Leon was supposed to kind of go behind him. He didn't completely cover him off and kind of stop skating. All of a sudden, Kane took off. I think it was Valeno who followed up. And it was a two-on-one. Nurse made a nice play. He dove down, took it away. It was a nice play. Now, Immediately, the puck goes kind of just outside the zone. And CeCe pinches, tries to jump up, pinches up again, and boom, it's another two-on-one. So giving up two two two-on-ones within, like I said, 15, 10, 15, 20 seconds, whatever, just can't happen. And and those are the plays that we saw them be challenged with early in the year. And now we we saw it again in a really rough period. And those aren't skill. That is just decision-making. Is this an opportunity for me to really create offense and jump up in the rush? Or is it a really high-risk play with probably a really small likelihood of working out? Uh, it's, and and you got to be patient. So Cody Cece is a guy, and, and everyone is praising him post-game about his goals. And it, it is a great – it was fun to see him score. But his job in that in this game is not to make things – when things are kind of sliding defensively, you've got to really lock it down. You can't be taking or giving more risk, putting more risk into the pile. So – that sequence was pretty crazy. Actually, I watched it and I watched the second period again after the game because I'm like, maybe it wasn't as bad as I thought. And it was a rough period for them defensively. Good thing is they made it out, you know, without any damage. But those are the ones that when you hear Knobloch talk post game, those are the ones that won out of his game. So I know Brownie gave a lot of credit to Connor McDavid for being the catalyst to turning things around. And I don't disagree with that. But I still think there's some inherent value struds because I think. They were really unhappy with the way that second period went because of those odd man rushes that you just described. I thought that the team's ability to to correct and to turn it around in the third period, there's some maturity there. 
right? They haven't had great starts lately. They haven't had their best stuff yeah. early in games, but they were really mad at themselves after that second period. And the extent that we, to which they swung it, I thought was meaningful because you're going to have to do that in the playoffs. And I thought the fact, it tells me that they're in control of their game. And yes, McDavid was huge, but a lot of the other players played a big part in that too. Well, you're talking about kind of just adjusting yourself. Say, okay, yeah. this, this isn't who we are. We were better than this. Let's show everybody we're better. And not even show everybody. Let's just show ourselves we're better than this. We deserve better. And quite frankly, I, I thought their forecheck was, well, they made better choices defensively, but then their forecheck was on point, specifically number 97. They were just all over them. And that's the way it works, right? The best player in the world is going to take over games sometimes. Then everyone's going to follow. That's what captains do. That's what leaders do. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, I you talk about the mistakes that the blue liners made. But I thought they did a good job of dialing it in and kind of smartening up. And it, you didn't see – I mean, at the end of the day, like I was looking at SportLogic's numbers, the odd man rushers were still – you might disagree with these numbers. They have it 4-2 Detroit odd man rushes. But all four of those seem to come in like a few minutes span in the second period. <laughs> well, there's two of them within 15 seconds. So yeah. I, I listen, I'm not disputing what they said. But I guess I look at it and say, you know, it's – once one is bad enough in a shift, two, you're like, holy geez. And I'm not yeah. just putting this all on CC and nurse. Well, I sure. guess nurse is one defending, but a lot of times pinching comes from the, a really good place where I'm going to make the difference. I'm going to do something special. And unfortunately, it doesn't usually work out that way. The only time you have to go is when you know you're getting the puck. You have to know you're getting it. If you don't, you're not. If you're going, the Ford has to reload above you. And, and Chris Nobach talked about this reload above the D man. So now, if they get by the D-men, there's another layer they have to get through. And it's it's that's kind of the contract between Fords and D. If I'm going to pinch to keep this alive, you better you know pull me out of the fire if it gets by me. Can't let you completely off the hook tonight, Struds. Have to ask your thoughts on Darnell Nurse breaking up that two-on-one with a pretty well-timed slide. Like, are you, you coming around on this yet? Are yeah. you going to be a converted uh, coach soon? The time, I wouldn't really call that a slide. I would say the more he he just jumped right on that puck and just took it away. That like it was, was a slide. I know, I, I, but it was, it was a nice play. But then he fast forward to the goal a little while later where he was on his knees in the slot or right in the in front. You know, that one I'm not sure I love. I understand what he's trying to do there. And, and, and maybe he confronts that player uh, that walks out of the corner a little bit more harshly but yeah and i saw it i had a few people tweet at me saying no oh, what about this this play and i i get it but it's he 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 timed it perfectly he slid so he, he had no the player had no options what i don't like is when it's like a wide two-on-one and a guy just drops down yeah. in the middle and now you're just like a, a dead fish out of water yeah fair enough it was a nice play though for sure and, oh great play uh, and yeah. nurse did a good job there i thought nurse nurse had some good moments in this game tonight for sure uh okay that was Stratty's world brought to you by dlr vinyl products when we come back gonna give away a hat love giving away the got your back swag here on the podcast so we'll give you a quick trivia question and then you send us an email name goes into a draw if you get it right so hat giveaway ask us anything as well coming up after very quick uh, message here from belvedere golf and country club if you haven't had a chance to see it before uh, check it out man beautiful course for over 60 years, Belvedere Golf and Country Club has been delivering a high-quality golf experience to Edmonton and area. 
This beautiful private club located on Highway 21 just south of Sherwood Park occupies 160 acres and presents a challenging yet adventurous 18-hole design. A beautiful clubhouse, fully stocked pro shop, and warm, friendly staff truly make it feel like you belong to something unique and special. Visit www.belvedergcc.com. Yes, been laying a beating on Jack Michaels regularly out at Belvedere over the last couple of seasons. Struds, I think uh, we'll have to get out for another round so uh, Jack can redeem himself this summer. Yeah, uh, the redemption tour. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Jack Michaels redemption golf tour. Uh, so Manuel Opel won our draw the other night nice. for Hat. So uh, that's three now we've given away on the podcast. So glad we finally have them, courtesy our friends at Kinprint. So let's do our Kinprint DeBoer's giveaway. And a reminder that you'll have to go pick uh, pick up the hat at DeBoer's. And they're also going to throw in a $25 uh, store credit for you. So when you go pick up your hat, save a little extra time because DeBoer's is going to hook you up with $25 in store credit aiming to help you play better golf with fitting instruction after sales support and golf merchandise and clothing as well DeBoer's celebrating 25 years check out their pro shop 5311 99th street here in edmonton the trivia question and again send your answers to got your back 18 at gmail.com fairly easy one here for you but that's the idea who leads the western conference in blocked shots this season so who leads the western conference in blocked shots this season you can head over to the nhl stats page and search that up pretty easily once again send your response to got your back 18 at gmail.com and uh, if you get it right you'll go into a draw to win a got your back hat and 25 dollars of store credit over at deboers zuby we can't bring your video in tonight buddy yeah so I don't know, you got some new technology or something that didn't work great. So you're just going to be a voice tonight? Is no, that I think, correct? I, I think it came around. Let's see. Oh, here, oh here I am. There I'm, is. Whoa. I'm moving and everything. It's really great. No, I. it was giving me know. issues, but it, it, sort, it sort of seemed to sort itself out. So I would have brought you in sooner into the podcast. I thought ah. that you were a non-entity tonight. No yet, problem. Here you are. Nobody needs to see this face. It's all good. By the way, Struds, uh, we haven't made a big enough deal of it. Are you noticing the changes in Zuby's background? Like he's going next level with the background. Can you see yes. that? Very nice. Very nice at all. Actually, I, very I nice. got my Kingpin poster here and Love my uh, Major League poster up here. I got those uh, printed on their like canvases with a little bit of depth. They came out really nice. They're just like oh. some some fan art that I uh, altered a little bit and got them set up. And I, yeah, <laughs> I don't. Uh... I don't know how I feel about you having a nicer set than I have. I'm the host. I'm the brains behind this thing. Where did your lights go? You, you were said, you made a nice comment yeah. about my little lights. Where did your lights go? You were the. Yeah, I got to get them sorted out. I, yeah, I took the big light down. I actually ordered some. So Struds, we need to get you a shelf and oh, we need to get you. you some lights too, Struds. We got to up your game a little, buds. Okay, well, I guess Magic and Mess might disagree with that, but, uh, you know, we can talk about it. <laughs> you know what I could see Who is, is the like. Third- an LED yeah. LED light like a halo, like an out. We'll do an outline of Strud's like his, his profile here, and he'd just be like sitting there with a glow, <laughs> just a big glow behind. Him. 
Uh, okay, let's get to Ask Us Anything, brought to you by Match Eatery and Public House. If you've only got time for one before the game, make it a frosty 25-ouncer at Match Ice District. Enjoy their supersized steins on select beers. Match Eatery and Public House is located adjacent to Rogers Place in Grand Villa Casino. For, visit, uh, for more information, visit matchpub.com. Wanted to get to a question here on the stream real quick. Sabre Cove says, hey, Zuby, for Ask Us Anything, curious if the team has considered a separate channel once a week talking about everything going on in the NHL. That coming to us from Sabre Cove. Well, Sabre Cove, and to folks who consume us on podcasts, you might have noticed that once a week, we also have a Got Your Back NHL edition. That is with myself, Pierre Lebrun, and Mike Johnson. Every once in a while, if Jason Strudwick's been extra strong on the local pod, we give him an appearance on the national one too. Uh, so we normally drop those on Wednesday. We're going to drop that tomorrow morning as well. You can follow us. We've got a separate podcast feed, Got Your Back NHL, uh, Rashad, or LeBron and Rashad. But then we also drop it as a bonus episode on this feed as well. So if you ever notice a bonus episode on this local feed, that is our national podcast where we talk about things across the league. Enough shameless self-promotion, Zuby. What are people saying? I think also maybe he was wondering if maybe just on a quiet Sunday or whatever, we'd do like uh, taking a lap, a full episode of taking a lap. We'll go. Oh, we'll <laughs> no, I know okay. that was the, I, I had that set aside. I was going to pull, I was going to pull that answer too, but maybe he, maybe he was hoping for uh, an extended taking a lap more yep. than our just. Where we actually hours. shave our backs while we're doing the segment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's date this nuge conversation has been going on all night. So I can't yep. possibly pull, I can't possibly pull every, every clip, but let me, let me just kind of see if I can lay something out for you guys. Basically there, there's a small contingent Ahmed and Bob's your uncle who feel like Nuge would be a big, a better contributor. He's better suited to be the third line center or, uh, Ahmed's putting him on the wing for some reason, but that's basically where it started was that the, they felt Nuge is a better fit or would contribute more is more helpful to helping this team win, especially in the long term on the third line. Most other people are sort of against that. The one, uh, the one comment that was made is he, uh, someone thinks uh, they could get Brown. Nuge would help get Brown scoring. People were envisioning a third line of uh, Nuge McLeod and Perry, uh, that was from Shane Matheson. So what do you guys think about, uh, as a natural center, uh, stretching out your three lines with the centers that way? Good idea, bad idea? Go ahead, Struds. Well, my first question would be who replaced them on the top line? And that's so that's uh, it's a big a big one. Um, number two, I do think Nuge is a, is a pretty good – is a good center, and I think you put him on the third line. I think that does help balance it out. But you're, you're robbing what was one of the hottest lines in the NHL to build up your third line. I think there's a different road to that, uh, to that same end. Yeah. I'm just, so just to partake in the exercise, I'm trying to quickly jot down the best lines I can think of that include Nugent Hopkins as the third center. So let's run through that really quick Struds. What would it be like who your point, who would go left side with McDavid and Hyman? Are you looking at, uh, Dylan Holloway up there? Yeah. No, he'd probably, um, yeah, it probably, yeah, well, maybe, okay. yeah, probably McLeod, I guess. Okay, so you want to go McLeod there? Okay, let's go McLeod, McDavid, and Hyman, Kane, Drysidel, and what are we doing over there? Either Perry or Holloway, I guess. Perry, Holloway, 
So then Nuge. And what were they saying that line would be? Uh, the one line was Nuge with McLeod and Nuge with McLeod and Perry. And then there was someone else saying leaving Brown there. Yeah. And I don't know that Nuge is going to get Brown go. I don't know. I mean, I understand it. I understand the idea of the three-headed monster, but the Oilers have never had the wingers to sustain the three-headed monster yeah. for any length of time, Strads, which fundamentally yeah. makes it just not sustainable. Yeah, you can get that look. I mean, if they want to show that look, sure. At, at some point, you might want to try it out. But I just look at it. I just don't think that now is the time to make that move. I guess if not now, win. But I I just have a hard time thinking who's going to play on that top line. And who's Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a fan. He's a fantastic compliment to Connor McGee when, he, when he's playing. Like he, he yeah. it works. It just works, and it yeah. works with Hyman too. So, I, I don't hate the idea of the three-headed monster. The Oilers just don't have the depth on the wing right now. Let's move on from that, Zoops. Sure. Okay. Um, Neil Garrity said watching Derek Ryan take D zone faceoffs tonight made me want Jeff Carter more. Um, I don't know if you have a comment on actually getting Jeff Carter or just kind of on on Derek Ryan's game tonight, Struddy? Well, I love Jeff Carter, but I don't know that I want more speed in that, in that bottom six. And I, I recognize that wasn't how I played, but I'd like to have a lot more speed. And I think that that's something that when you look at the playoffs, how quick it gets, I don't think Jeff Carter is at that point anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and, and to the point on Derek Ryan, like, Close your eyes, Oilers fan, and envision game one of the Stanley Cup final. And the Oilers are there, and you're happy, and you're looking forward to it. Is Derek Ryan your fourth-line center? Is he in the lineup? Like, And I don't want to be disrespectful. He's Man, He's he works his butt off out there. He's well-liked in the room. But when you get to where you want to go, can he sustain the pace that's going to be required in a Stanley Cup final? And I... You know, I think it's more than fair to to question that, and I do think the orders are going to look to upgrade that. So, we, we've listed off a bunch of potential options in recent nights. You know, whether it's whether it's Dowd, whether it's Carrick out of Anaheim. You know, there's a few options out there, but a little more size. Hopefully, not uh, not too sluggish struds, but somebody that adds some size and speed and a little bit of physicality. I, I think Derek Ryan has a story in, to or to weave in this team. Like he's he's last year he, he he helped the team. I think this year he's helping them, and I, I think he's the Swiss Army that kind of moves around uh, the lineup. He's so smart. He's, he can. He, he, I think he's easy to play with. You know, when I when I see him, he seems to be very uh, going to help people out. So I, I don't think that the story ends if they trade for a fourth light center for Derek Ryan. I, I think he'll he'll be the guy. They will move around and he can play the wing. The like some of his best play. hockey has been on the wing. Hundred percent. Yeah. So I, you know, it just people have to think about that. You know, it's not like it ends for him. And I think he's very likable guy. I like, I know him. It's it's a great guy. But the story doesn't end if they trade for a fourth line center. Um, that, that looks different. So I think that we have to just keep that in mind. Every everyone has. I think on this team, the deeper we go in the playoffs, everyone is going to get a chance to kind of ring the bell. Um, for for this group and in, in different ways that they contribute. And Derek Ryan will definitely be ringing that bell. couple questions on the stream. Want the email address again? It's gotyourback, G-O-T-Y-E-R-B-A-C-K. So gotyourback18 at gmail.com if you want to get an entry in to try and win one of our Got Your Back hats. Um, Austin Peterson says, question for the chat, was the big moment of the night Holloway's goal? Did that incredible effort 
uh, to give the Oilers the lead at that point in the game, jumpstart the rest of the team to finish the game. I did. Felt like he came it. out of nowhere. Yeah. He came out of nowhere and he almost killed the captain. And I love Connor's <laughs> response after the game. He's like, he's, what do you call him? He's like, he's like a raging bull or something like yeah, that. Yeah, a bull in a china shop. A bull in a china shop. Kind and, of a bull and, in a china shop. And it's funny because see when Holloway is in the corner, he kind of looks up and he looks like, okay, it looks like 97's all right. Everything's okay. Yeah. Uh, I scored a goal, but I killed our captain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that that penalty kill was a pretty big, uh, was a pretty big moment as well. Yeah. Um, Good point. Didn't give him a chance to get back into it. A couple more zooming, then we'll wrap this thing up. Okay. Uh, Kegel says uh, the Oilers have been scouting Philly a lot and they've been scouting Edmonton a lot. Scott Lawton mm-hmm. and Walker mm-hmm. slash Sealer will be Oilers. He's calling a shot. I just, I just have to say though, I keep receipts. I want to make sure that uh, Kegel said when we reviewed the new D pairings, he said, I think Struddy and Brownie are overthinking this, Ryan. We won't see these pairs tomorrow. Mark my words. So just anyone on the chat know I keep receipts. Kegel was way <laughs> off on that one. But he's predicting that the Oilers are getting Scott Lawton and one of Sealer or Walker. Any any chatter on that, Ryan, uh, beyond? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. There's no question that the Oilers would be right in the middle of it with Philadelphia. Like the, uh, and it's funny because Philly's in – they're in the fight. They're in the fight. But John Tortorella recently even said publicly, like, we know what we are. We're in the you gotta kind of run this funny balance of trying to make the playoffs and trying to get there, but also understanding we are where we are as an organization and they're gonna make changes. So I don't think Danny Briere is letting where the team is at in the standings mess with the big picture. So there's no question there are players available. Both Sealer and Walker make sense to a degree for the Oilers. Uh certainly up front, um, you know, Lawton does to to a degree as well. So I, I definitely think there's interest there. Struds. I don't know, buddy. What does this blue line need, man? Do they need to add another regular or do they need to add somebody in case one of the regulars gets hurt? It's a huge fundamental question. Do you got to swap out one of the six that they're rolling all season here? I still think they need another a player that can deliver the puck like Bouchard delivers the pucks to the forwards. And so That'd be more a walker type. Uh, I'll, I'll, so I go back and look at the uh, Vegas last year. If I'm correct, I believe Shea Theodore and Petrangelo are different pairings. And those guys, so those those players were, you know, 45 minutes a night were getting that puck delivered to them from those guys. The best passing guy for the Oilers is Bouchard. Ekholm's pretty good. And, and not that the other guys are bad, but that's just not their strength. It's not what they do. So I, especially when you compare them to Theodore and Petrangelo. So I would like to see a, a guy that can deliver the puck to them with tempo, with pace, and when they want it. I don't know who that – I'm not sure that – Who Sean are you Walker. replacing? Who are you replacing? Well, I mean, uh, Nurse isn't going anywhere. Neither no. is Ekholm or Bouchard. So I think it, by the process of elimination – Kulak or Cece. Yeah, and, and the, the the reality is those guys aren't playing badly. It's just no. that that's not what they do. And and that's if, – if you're, if, you're, if you're pushing – you need to find something to help deliver that puck up. Now, who is that guy? You know, what does that look like? And that's, well, that's- if, okay. If you wanted to, if you wanted to increase your puck moving ability, right? So Walker, there's some more offense there. Um, if you were to do a deal with Philadelphia and you got them to retain and you moved CC, now you've changed the shape of your blue line. You can argue, like Gregor makes a point all the time, that it, it wouldn't be enough of an upgrade. But if you got them to retain, 
There's already a difference in salary there. Now you've opened, so so you've changed the shape of your blue line with more of a puck mover, and you've opened up some space to help you help yourself in other areas. And I think that's the type of deal where you try and you know it's and it's nothing against CC because he's been a good honest player on this team and he's and he's earned the money that they have paid him. But that would be a way to change the shape of the blue line and open up some cap space at the same time. I'm not sure that he's a, he's a, that much of a better puck mover than than Kulak or Cece. Is it is it, are we like he, he's not Bouchard? So is he closer no. to Bouchard or closer to Cece and Kulak? That that's that's my question because you're getting smaller, mm-hmm. and you look at his numbers. His numbers, you know, compared to Kulak's top, they're not that much different. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I know this year he's having a good year, but it's yeah. I just I, I I'm not saying he's the wrong guy, but I wonder if there's not a better guy out there that really makes because again, we're no one's comparing Sean Walker to Petrangelo or Shea Theodore. No, 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 and that's not that's not definitely not the point that I'm making. But it's like no, no, I know, no, I get that. Yeah. It's it's about swapping one guy out for another guy that has a, maybe a little bit of a different dynamic, but also gives you an opportunity to to save some money potentially, right? So, anyways, yeah. there's uh, yeah, lots of possibilities. Uh, Zuby, let's do uh, one more and then let's get out of here. I got a fun one to wrap up with here uh, on the Cody CC uh, discussion with him getting his first goal and however long tonight. Um, Rye guy said. I bet Struddy still remembers all 13 goals he scored in the NHL. Now, that that was all he said. I'm going to put a, a question on it. How many, yeah. for real, of those 13 goals, how many of them could you describe in reasonable detail if you thought about it? And will you do one for us right now? Can you give us one that's so memorable? Well, off the top of my head, they're, they're pretty spread out over the years, so I don't think I remember all of them. But... Uh, and then you, know, you remember those special ones where you score in overtime, like whatever. I mean, I'm sure everyone listening to the pod has scored in overtime now. But uh, <laughs> the, the one I the one I remember that it was really funny. We were playing Detroit with their heyday. Dominic Hasek was in net, and we won a, a faceoff back to me, and I just shot it at the net. And all of a sudden, you know, people were cheering. I'm like, oh, what happened? And I I scored a goal, and I had no idea. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't see it go in. I didn't know what was going on. And everyone's cheering me on. I'm like, I didn't even see it go in. I so I didn't know if I got it. I don't think I've ever seen the replay of it actually <laughs> either. So that's just pure luck. Just pure dumb luck is all that was. Are your kids interested in your highlights, Struds? Do they go back and look no. and you talk to them about it? Are they impressed? No. Are they impressed uh, with uh, that, Daddy Struddy? Every now and then they'll pull out a fight and they're like, What were you doing? I'm like, ah, it's just you know, whatever. <laughs> These things happen. Right. But uh there's not a lot of my goal highlights on, on there. Maybe the overtime winner, I guess, if that's it's on. But yeah, it is fine. When they and even when their friends come over, they'll be like, We watched some of your things. You were really angry. But I wasn't that angry, just one trying of, to get uh, work done. <laughs> one of my scraps from junior made it to YouTube. Uh, oh, I just geez. got I just got filled in something fierce and my kids got a hold of that. It wasn't. I I immediately had to go like searching for some other ones where maybe yeah. I at least survived. That one was yeah. no good. So uh, yeah, I wish that one wasn't awesome. out there, but it is out there. Uh, all right, that was Ask Us Anything by Match Eatery and Public House. As we wrap up the podcast tonight, wishing everybody a happy Valentine's Day. Lots of hearts coming in across the stream. Leaky thirty seven with Valentine's hearts. Sherry Frazzy with Valentine's hearts and. 
bunch of other emojis that just keep the Weiss Johnson Twitter stream so colorful and active. We get to our gem of the day. I'm going to pull rank here, bud, and I'm just going to go back to the Jack Michaels tweets. Uh, Zuby, oh, can we pull that one up again? Jack Michaels. So as CeCe's streak comes to an end, Struddy's will live on forever. No surprise to see Jason Strudwick on another goalless list. 136, top three in Canucks history. I told you, Struddy, that I would get you. Jack Michaels firing back on Twitter. Yeah, a glancing blow. Congratulations, Jack. I'll get you a, a glancing star. blow. That was more than a glancing blow. <laughs> it was a gut punch. <laughs> That was a, a gut, gut punch. punch. A gut punch. Uh, what's Valentine's going to look like in the Struddy house? Very romantic, buddy. I don't want to reveal it, but it is. We're talking high level of Lance romance. Yeah. Pulling out all the stops. Oh yeah. What about you? Um. Yeah, I'm going to get started as soon as we wrap up the pod planning. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I love how every time I talk to Shona and she refers to you. She refers to you as her roommate, which I yeah. think is fantastic. That's what it is. Yeah, it's time to just crank it up a few levels tomorrow night. boy. Well, hey, have a happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in here on the live stream. We appreciate it. Zuby, great job behind the scenes. Um, thanks kindly, everyone. And a reminder, we'll be on location on Thursday night for a post-game podcast. Come on down. Seriously, come on down. Check it out. I'm going to give away three hats that night. Got to figure out how. We'll probably do a draw or something like that. But stop by, say hello, long shots, logger, Oilers game. Say hi to us. Uh, it's in Sherwood Park. That is long shots, their location in Sherwood Park. We'll see you Thursday. Have a great night or day, and we'll talk soon. Cheers.